Just praise God. And so glad you guys are here today. And I, I know that, you know, I love that last song we just played because I think Christmas does hit some people differently. Sometimes it can be tough. And I just want you to know, you know, I believe that God, you know, the whole point of Christmas isn't the holidays. We, we've made it about the holidays, but the truth is it's about the original OG Christmas, the historic moment when God interrupted history and sent his son to give us hope. So I just want to encourage you, if Christmas is tough for you, remember that he came to give you hope. That's what it's really about. So again, well, guys, you guys are here today. I'm excited about today's message. We're in a series called The Weary, A Weary World Rejoices. And today I want to deliver a message that's kind of unique. God just put this in my heart this week called Receive Christmas Favor. God has Christmas favor for you. Favor means you don't get what you deserve. You get better. God wants to bless you, move you to the head of the line. He wants to do great things in your life, and he favors you just because you are his. And that's what today's message is all about. We're going to look at the life and the story of Mary today. And so Mary, the mother of our Lord, was a humble teenage girl who was engaged to be married, and God interrupted all of that and delivered, of course, his child through Mary. And uh, God had great plans for her, but God has great plans for you too. So let's take a look at the scripture today. If you've got your Bibles, you can open with me or your Bible app to Luke chapter one. You guys ready? I'm ready to dive right in, man. Let's go. Let's do this. Here we go. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed, betrothed, this means engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, all that's very important because all that lines up with what was written 700 years before this date, uh, that, that, would be, that, that there would be a virgin. She would be from Nazareth. She would be through the, the child will come through the lineage of David. All that is fulfilling scripture. Let me tell you why that's important. Because sometimes we're like, man, God, I don't know what the next step in my life is. And God always tells us, just make sure whatever you're doing lines up with scripture. If you do that, you're in the will of God. And so God makes it easy for us to know. That's the guardrails of the will of God. Like if I just stay in the middle of God, God's word and I'm doing what his word says, God will guide me. And so he will. So let me keep going. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Let me say that again. Greetings, O favored one. There's that word, favor. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor, again, second time, with God. So basically this angel shows up, looks at Mary and says, hello, favored one. And she does this. Me? Like she does not see herself as favored. But, she, but the angel's like, no, no, God's favoring you because God has come to you. So he's God's representative, this angel is, and he's just like, you're favored. You have the favor of God on your life. So the first thing I want to tell you is that in the same way God chose Mary to be in Mary's life, God chose you to be in your life, which means, number one, you are favored because God found you. There's a whole world of people God has not done that for, but God has done that for you. So you have the favor of God on your life just because God chose you just because God picked you. Now let's keep moving. Check it out. It says next, and behold, you will conceive in your womb. Hold on, I gotta back up. Sorry, I can't miss this. I wanna point something out. It says, but she was greatly troubled. She was greatly bothered by the fact that she was called uh, favored. Let me just ask you something. Is there anyone in here who has a hard time receiving? Like if someone wants to bless you, you have a hard time just receiving that blessing, right? That was obviously Mary. Mary was like, I, I, I can't, I, I don't deserve that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a lowly girl from the south side of Jerusalem. 
You know, she's just, I mean, she was young. And, and look, I'm not trying to be ugly here, but I just want to tell you the truth. Mary came from nothing. She really did. She, I'm sure she had a good family heritage, but there was no resources. She, 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 there, her family had, had no family name that people knew. It, was, it wasn't like that. And so she's like, I, I'm just a young girl. All I really want in life is some boy to love me and a job to sustain me, and I'm good. And God came along and said, no, no, no. I've got way more for you. And you may say, Pastor, I come from nothing. And God says, no, I love you, and I've chosen you, and I have big plans for your life. God has big things for you. It goes on in the scripture to say, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Wow. God says, Mary, through you, I'm going to deliver my son to this world. Talk about God having a plan for your life. That is crazy, right? Now, I'm not here to say that God's going to bring his child through all of us. No, I'm not saying that. This was a unique plan that God had for Mary. But I want you to know something this teaches us. God has a unique plan for you too. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. You know what hope means? Hope means around the corner, God, that's something good for you. Amen. Isn't it good to know that? That means just around the corner. I mean, every time you're around the corner, you say, God, you got something good for me there. That's what God's saying. God says, hey, you may be broke. God says, I got some money around the corner. There's a pot of gold around the corner for you. I'm going to take care of you. You, you. you say, oh, I'm single. But God may be saying, yeah, but around the corner, I got someone for you. All the singles are like, I'm going to hang out in the atrium a little longer today to see what the Lord has going on up in here. God has something for you. God has someone for you around the corner. Hope means, God, you've got a good thing for me. You're going to take care of me. And it's not far away. It's close. God has something for you today. He has favor for you. Number two, God has a highly favored plan for you. He does. He wants to bless you. He's got great things for you. Yesterday, Saturday morning, God woke me up early. This is, you know, this is a miracle if I'm up early on a Saturday. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't do that. I like, normally I like to sleep in until the first game starts. You know what I mean? That's how my mind works. I'm a typical dude. I just wake up around 10 or 11 because I know there's a football game on, right? I get up. My wife is like, even today, even yesterday, she's like, what game are you watching? I was like, oh, this is North Dakota State. She's like, who the heck is that? You know, I'm like, I know. Well, well, babe, I said all the other games are kind of tied up. They've got the bowl games coming up, but right now they've got like the second tier teams and all the top teams are all playing. And she's like, you don't even know these teams. I'm like, I don't have to know the teams. It could be St. Ignatius School of the Blind and I'm going to watch it because <laughs> it's football. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's me. So Saturday mornings, I like wake up at like 10 or 11 and then watch the games, right? So yesterday morning, my body just wakes up. This never happens to me. Like 5.30 in the morning, boom, my eyes just open. I'm like, why am I awake? So I've learned when this happens, just to say, okay, God, why do you have me awake? What are you trying to tell me? And the Lord told me something really unique. I, the Lord said, there's something you haven't tithed on. I was like, what? No, no, God, I have recurring giving. I set this whole thing up. I know I'm tithing. And God's, no, there's something. And I, was, I just realized, I was like, oh. I had a little extra something, something come in this week. Or last week, and I was like, God, you're right. I am so sorry, Lord. I will tie. And God says, you need to tithe on it. I was like, you're right, God. I want to live in your favor. I want you to bless everything I've got. I don't want anything I own not tithed on. So I was like, I want you to bless it. So, okay, I'll tithe on it. So I'll grab my phone to set an alarm for 10, 30, or 11 when I wake up, when I get out of bed, right, to tithe on it. And God says, no, I didn't say set an alarm. 
And the Lord reminded me, delayed obedience is disobedience. I said, okay, God, I'm sorry. I got out of bed at 5.30 in the morning, right? I get up and I, I realized, like, oh, I need to take my medicine real quick because I, I had this little thing with thyroid issues. So I was like, I got to take my, my pill first thing in the morning. So I'm like, let me take the pill real quick. And the God says, no, that's not what I said to do. I'm like, God, it's a pill. And I felt the Lord tell me, no. And it's like God was saying, I want the pill going down your throat to be blessed. So, you, and so I realized this is not about a tithe. This is certainly not about money. It's about obedience. And if I obey God in those little things, the things that I, that I kind of skip over, I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to miss that. I want to obey you in the details because I want your blessing. Years ago, we used to surf. Uh, I used to do this when I was much younger. But when the kids were really little, we'd go surfing, and I would take the little kids, and I, like Mason was tiny, and I'd take his little body and put it on the board and push him into the wave, right? And so I did that with Mason and Cole and, and eventually Sophie. And so we did this all the time. And so I'm not a great surfer, but I can surf. But I will tell you this about surfing. I don't know that much, but I will tell you this. It's really not about you being a great surfer. It's about you positioning yourself right when the wave comes. And so I will tell you this about surfing. You don't manufacture the wave. God brings the waves. It's not our job to manufacture good things. It's our job to position ourselves right to catch the good things God's already doing. So God's bringing the wave of his favor all the time. Are you humble enough and obedient in every area to position yourself so you can catch that wave and God will take you way further than you could go on your own if you'll catch his wave of favor in your life? Does that make sense? That's why God woke me up. It's like, okay, God, I want to be positioned well to receive your favor financially, emotionally, spiritually, in my marriage, and my kids. I want God's favor on my kids. I want, my, I want God's favor on my kids' kids. And so I want God to bless all that and more. So I want to position myself to obey the Lord. Let me ask you something. Is there a new positioning God's doing in you? It's God saying, I want to bring favor on your life too, but you're not obeying me in this area. Maybe for you, it's not the tithe. Maybe for you, it's something different. Maybe for you, it's like, no, I'm good there, but... But maybe God's saying, yeah, but you're still angry at someone. I can't bless you if you're angry. I can't bless you if you're resentful. I can't bless you if you don't go take care of this. I can't bless you if you're not honoring your spouse. I can't bless you if you're not uh, showing, uh, you know, care and concern for your employer. The Bible's very clear about that. I, I can't bless you unless you get your attitude right in this area. So where is God repositioning saying, I want to bring favor upon your life. But, you know, the only time Jesus couldn't do miracles in people's lives was when they lacked faith. We block our own blessings, and we don't even mean to do it. So I just want to challenge you that God has, God has favor on you just because he found you. God has favor on you just because he, he has a plan for your life as well. When, when I was dating Jessica back in the 1800s, um, that's what my kids think. Uh, when I was dating her when we were in college, uh, she, I would tell her, I would say, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful. And she would give me this look like, you're clearly crazy. You know, and I was like, no, I, I think you're beautiful. And she'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, and I was like, why are you doing that? She was like, what? I was like, well, I say you're beautiful and you like push it off. She's like, well, I mean, because I'm not. You're blind, obviously. I'm like, no, I'm not blind. I can see you clear as day and you are gorgeous and you're amazing. And, and she would push it off. And I realized that she did not think she was pretty. And I think this is very normal. A lot of women feel this way. They don't feel like they're pretty. They don't feel like they, they are this or that. And so I would do this thing where I would say, okay, you can't talk for one minute. She'd be like, no, no, no. She knew what I was going to do. I'd say, no, you can't speak for one minute. And for one minute straight, I would tell her how beautiful she was, 
how amazing she was, all these attributes and qualities of her character, of her values. And I would just say, you're so kind and you're so hospitable and you're so sweet. You're always caring about other people and you have this air about you and your, your eyes and your hair and you're your beautiful. Like all the different aspects of it. And I would just tell her beautiful. And she had such a hard time. And I was like, and I would say at the end, I'd say, now this is your part where you say thank you. Because <laughs> she couldn't do it. I wonder how many ladies in this room feel that way. You just refuse to let someone love you. You refuse to receive someone's adoration. You see, this is a bigger issue than, 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 than us being polite and not thinking I'm all that. It's not that. It's the fact that we have a problem with ourselves. We are our worst critics. And God is saying to you now, shut up a minute and let me tell you what I think of you. I think you're awesome and beautiful and full of destiny and full of promise and full of gifts and talents and abilities that I put in you. Do not insult your maker who made you in his image. And so receive what God thinks about you. He thinks you are incredible. He is crazy nuts about you. He thinks you're all that in a bag of chips. He loves you just like you are. He is boring the angels right now in heaven, pulling out his wallet, showing a picture of you. Look, there she is. I'm so crazy about her. And the angels are like, yeah, we know God. You love him. We know. And so it's like God's like a doting grandfather or grandmother talking about their grandkids. That's, that's the way God designed it to be. I was with my granddaughter last night. We, we were babysitting. Little Everly, she's Oh, amazing. Oh my gosh. She's so beautiful and so sweet. We just love her. She's getting all chunky now. I love that. Oh my gosh. I call her roundy. She's so round. I love it. And so I'm like, come here, Roundy. She's so cute. I just grab her and just hold her. And she looks at me and smiles, you know, and she has no idea who I am. I don't care yet. It's okay. She'll eventually figure it out. But I mean, she's so much fun. So we're having a good time with her. And Mason and Marley came, came back from their little date. You know, Mason's date is going to the gym. Of course, that's his date, but whatever. Anyways, you know, he's like, I've worked out in like two hours. I need to go. So anyway, so he goes to the gym. So him and Marley go to the gym. They come back. And so we're hanging out. And then uh, afterwards, they were about to go home. So Jessica puts her in the car seat and gets her all, you know, clicked in and all that. So then my job is then take the car seat, put it in the car. So I go to the car with her, you know, and I'm looking at her and smiling. And, and so I hook her into the car. And when I do it, I just, oh, I just, I can't resist, you know. So I was like, I just got to give her a kiss, right? So I just lean over and I kiss her on her head. She's so cute. I just couldn't stand it. And I close the door and Mason's getting in the car. They're about to drive off. And I just told Mason, it's like, oh my gosh. It's like, my heart is in this child. My heart is in that car seat. And he's like, dad, I totally get it now. He's like, I know I feel the same way. And I looked at Mason and I said, that's how I feel about you. Like you're my giant baby gorilla. You know, he's huge now, but I mean, parents, how many parents understand what I'm saying? I'm like, your, your heart's walking around with another human. Like, that's how God feels about you. He is crazy about you. It's the truth. God is crazy in love with you. And then look what God says to Mary. And Mary said to the angels, how will this be? How, how am I going to have this child when I'm a virgin, right? She's just thinking, let's get practical here. Never been with a man. Don't know how I'm going to have a baby, right? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I love how mysterious that is. Like, you're like, well, how'd that work? Well, I think, let's just be honest, we have no idea how that worked. There's parts of God that we're not even supposed to know. He's like, I got it. You don't need to worry about the details. Did I tell you I'm going to do it? Then I'm going to do it. God is not a God of details, God's like, you trust the details. Of my, did, God, did God tell you he's going to bless you? Then you don't need to worry about how. You just need to know he's going to bless you. Yeah. Did God say he's going to take care of you? You don't need to know how. 
God's in. See, the problem is we keep trying to figure out the equation on our own. It's not our equation to figure out. That's God's business, not yours. But out of God's business, let him bless you. Amen. Did you catch that? God is telling you, has God given you a vision that you think there's no way I can pull it off? And God's like, right, I know. You're not supposed to pull it off. I'm going to pull it off. It's God's side of the equation. Now look what happens. He says, I will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has already conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So he says, hey, you know your cousin who's older, that's been praying for a baby, never got pregnant? She's pregnant. What, what was God doing? God was confirming to her, look, I've already blessed her. I'm going to bless you. We need to quit looking at the blessings of our friends and family in frustration and realize, wait, God blessed them. That means I'm next in line. Instead of being jealous and going, I can't believe she's already engaged. That just happened too fast. You're just mad because you're not engaged. So instead of being that way, say, I'm so thankful that God's blessed him. That means I'm next up. I want God to bless you because then I'm in line next. Receive that. So it says, then what happens? He says, hey, behold your relative Elizabeth. She's going to conceive a son. She's already six months pregnant. Then, then God says this famous line, for nothing will be impossible with God. Did you know that's in the Christmas story? That's when God said that. He said, hey, Mary, because she's like, I don't know how I'm going to get pregnant. God's like, nothing's possible with me. I'm going to take care of that. And in fact, I've already got your, your cousin who thinks she could, that she's past the age of having a baby. She's pregnant. He's like, I already hooked her up. Now I'm hooking you up. I'm going to bless you with God's child, right? And then he goes on to say this. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be. Let it be means amen. That's literally what amen means. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What does this mean? God will do the impossible for you too. So he says, hey, Mary, it's going to be a miracle and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get the glory for it. And the same way God is saying to you and me, I have a miracle for you too. Maybe there's something you've been longing in your life and God says, don't you give up. You trust the Lord. Did God tell you? If God told you, it's going to come true. God is a God who comes through. God is a God who keeps his word. God is a God who keeps his promises. God is someone you can trust. He keeps his word. So the three ways that we know that we have Christmas favor is that God chose us, God has a favored plan for us, and God has a miracle just for us as well. And the same way I had to tell my wife, now here's how you respond. God wants to tell us today, now here's how you should respond to what I want to do in your life and what I am doing in your life, okay? And so Mary has this beautiful response to God. We actually call it, theologians call it the Magnificat. There's been, there's been literally Christmas shows developed off of the Magnificat, just the one song that Mary sings to God. She is so happy, so in love with God, she sings to him. Isn't that beautiful? Now let's think about that. Think about the average song today. What is 99% of all songs about? They're about love, Right? They're all about love. I mean, take a few rap songs out. They're almost all about love, right? And even most of those involve a guy and a girl, right? Even the explicit songs that are bad are typically about love. I mean, that's, that's what people write about. And so I love the language here of how Mary expresses her heart back to God for all that God has done for her. She literally sings. And I think it's important to mention that not only she didn't say this to God, she sang it to God, which tells me that God doesn't want us to love him. He wants us to be in love with him. And God doesn't love you. He is in love with you. And what I'm trying to tell you is that God wants you to be a part of his divine romance. That's how he sees you. Did you know he calls all of us 
the bride of Christ? Have you ever met a bride? I mean, a young girl about to get married or just got married, man, they are floating. They're not even touching the ground. They're so in love. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You ever met someone that's engaged? All they can talk about is one thing, who they're marrying, who they're in love with, how crazy they are about them, right? I mean, that's, that's the only conversation they have. Everything circles back to that. That's the way God's designed us to be. He wants us to be in love with him because he is in love with us. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God. For he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. When God's through with you, everyone's going to go, that girl, she's blessed. That guy, he is blessed. God has put his favor on their life. And so what is our response to be? Number one, get excited and praise God. Let's practice that now. Can we get excited and praise God for his blessing? How amazing is God? Come on now, get excited for the Lord. He is so good to us. God has blessed us with his favor, with a favored plan, with miracles he has for us. So our, our natural and supernatural response should be, I love you, God. You're amazing. I'm so thankful for you in my life. It's to praise God. Praise gets better when you know who God is and what he thinks about you. He's crazy about you. Let's keep moving. Check this out. Then she sings this. The mighty one has worked a miracle for me. Holy is his name. She says, you don't, you're not just a God of miracles. You've worked a miracle for me. I want to encourage you today, number two, to expect the miracles of God in your life. God has miracles for you. You know what faith really is? It's expectation. Instead of saying, I have faith in you, I believe you look good, you say, I expect you to do good. You know, good parents expect their kids to do the right. They just expect it, right? And so I just want to encourage you, begin to believe the best in people. That's putting faith in people. Put faith in God. I believe the best in you, God. I believe you've got good things for my life. In fact, the Bible even is pretty clear that even when things go bad, there's still something good coming out of it. I mean, God's really clear about that. He, he says clearly, he says, everything that I've got for those who love me, I'll turn around for your good. God has good plans for you. So let me tell you something about life. You get what you expect. If you expect little, you'll get little. You expect a lot, you'll get a lot. I'm just telling you, that's just how life works. Expect to have a good week this week. Expect to have a good holiday. Expect to be blessed. Expect God to open doors. Expect God to do amazing things. Because he will. Let me tell you something else. John Maxwell has this famous saying, I love it. He says this, you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. Let me just speak real quick to someone today who's struggling with negativity. If you always seem to find the glass half empty, if you can always find what's going to fall apart, you're just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Oh, I know this is my life's fine now, but you know something bad's going to happen. That's just the way life is. If that's you, can I just tell you, there's probably a good indication that you grew up in a home or around someone close to you who was negative about you. And I'm not trying to knock them because I bet their parents did this to them too. So we do, well, listen, we do what we're taught. Until you know better, you can't do better. But I need to let you in on something. You may say, well, I'm a realist. I love that line. Let me let you in on something right now. There are other people living in the same real world you live in doing really well and enjoying life with a smile on their face. 
There's other people who have the same cards dealt with him that you've been dealt. You say, oh, I've had a bad deal. There's other people who had the same bad deal that are winning with that same hand of cards, which means that attitude determines the difference. And so I need to let you in on something. When you find negative things and everything around you, that is not your personality. That is unbiblical. You're going against the word of God. God says, look at everything in your life through the eyes of faith. A God who loves you has given you a good world to live in with blessings to come. And even when you see the world around you falling apart, which is not hard to see right now, God still is a good God in the middle of a dark world. So I just want to encourage you to make a decision today. So I'm going to choose to find the good in things. And listen, old habits die hard. I know it's still easy to find the negative in things. I want to challenge you. I'm not saying this for you. I'm, I'm, or I am saying this for you. I'm saying this because your life will get better if you'll change your attitude about this. And so not only do other people not want to be around someone who's negative, you end up not even liking you. So your life will get infinitely better if you'll begin to find the positive and everything. Be a good finder. Expect good things in your life. Am I talking to someone today? Is someone receiving this today? God has good things for you. Expect good and watch God begin to do that in your life. And yes, bad things happen to good people. And those good people find good in it. There's a seed of, I didn't mention this in the end service, I'm going to say this to you. In every adversity, there's a seed of an equivalent benefit. Did you catch that? In every adversity, there's the seed of an equivalent benefit. You know, most people, I, I'm not, I didn't say this in the service, this must be just for you. Did you know that one of the best things God can ever do for you is let you go without in some area? People that are massively successful, I just noticed this. People that are massively successful didn't get something you didn't get. They actually went without something you got. People that are incredibly wealthy, almost every one of them had nothing. And they value money like most of us don't. People that have great marriages oftentimes grew up in broken homes. And they value those relationships they didn't have. Almost every amazing father I know had a terrible father. They're like, I will be the dad I didn't get. Are you hearing me? This means your life gets infinitely better when you just make a decision. Everything can change for you today if you let God begin to change your attitude. You have the ability to change your own spirit. Say, God, I want to begin to see the good in you and the good around me, and I believe that you want to bless me and bless my future. So quit cursing your own future with your own negative words. Begin to speak positive things over your own life. There's a miracle in your mouth. Begin to speak it. Someone's getting the word of God today. God's got something for you. Look what Mary says next. I love this line. What a powerful line. This is from the, the Passion Translation of the word of God. Listen to this. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers. What a line. That's like a Celine Dion song. That's Ed Sheeran couldn't write something better than that. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers. Man, when I looked at, looked at my grandbaby last night, I could not, I just like, I, just, I have to put my lips on you. I have to kiss you. She's so stinking cute. I just couldn't take it. I was like, I just have to give her a kiss. So I just kissed her on the forehead. She's so cute. I couldn't stop it myself. I just had to give her a little kiss. Why? Because my heart is bursting for her because I'm so crazy about her, right? That's God saying, God says, I love you so much, I want to kiss you. This is not inappropriate. This is not wrong. This is beautiful. 
Did you notice that the word mercy, look at it for a second, it's capitalized. Why is that? Because this is a name. This is one of the names of God. The names of God show you the character of God. We know God is love. We know God is grace. We know God is kind. Did you know God is merciful? So he says, mercy. He's speaking of himself. This is me. I want to kiss you with my mercy. That's how much he loves you. All, he kisses all his godly what? Lovers, people who love him. Lovers is a term. If you're a lover, you're in love with someone. You're giving yourself to them. So when someone gives himself fully to God, God says, I will kiss you with my mercy. I will give you things you didn't ask for. I will bless you in ways you didn't even know I could. That's what God wants to do for his people. And then he says this. Then she says, from one generation to the next. This means this is speaking to you and me now. God wants to kiss you with his mercy today. He wants to bless you. Mighty power flows from him, to, and he scatters all those who walk in pride. Powerful princes, he tears them from their thrones, and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Why would, why would Mary say that? Because Mary was, was growing up in a caste system where if you were in poverty, you pretty much stayed in poverty your whole life. There was, there was almost no advantage given to you. You were expected to stay there. And so, and, and princes, you know, we think of the word prince, you know, the word king, queen, we, we think of like England and all the pomp and circumstances. No, 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 that's the wrong image to have. Princes in their day were horribly cruel people. They were dictators' children. These were not good people. These were like Saddam Hussein's boy who were, who were terribly abusive and horrible people. If you look up their story, it's unbelievable what they did to people. Horrendous acts of, and crimes that they committed to people. So he, this is Mary saying, God brings down the person who is oppressing me, and he lifts me up. So God is saying, I know you feel like you've come from nowhere. God says, I still have good things for you. I want to bless you. I want to lift you up. God is not through with you. He wants to bless your life. Number three, receive and give God's mercy he gives us better than we deserve. That's how that works. When people have said to me, man, you got all this and you get the pastor of this big old church and this and that. Well, look, at, I mean, and people are like, they're basically saying in a nice way, like, I don't know who you think you are. I mean, and I'm like, oh, well, I didn't deserve this. Oh, I'm not living in what I deserve at all. I'm living in the mercy of God. I'm very aware that God just by his grace allowed me to be a part of this. This is not me. This is, look, there's only one celebrity in this house and his name is Jesus. And I'm just honored to serve him and to honor him. I don't deserve what I've got. Listen, we don't, look, look if I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell right now. I'm here by the grace of God. I just want to encourage you. You know what will give us a heart of compassion for people? When you remember the everything you got is by God's hand, not by your own. And it's God's goodness. Oh, I earned this myself. I got my own talents. Oh, yeah, who gave you those talents? Who makes your heart beat every day? God does. So God has allowed us to have what we have. And the last thing Mary sings here, she says, those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied will send, he will send away empty. Jesus said something a lot like that when he told the rich young ruler, look, it's the hardest in the world for you to receive the kingdom because you got everything you need. But you know what? One day the person who's rich and has everything this world has to offer will be on their deathbed and we all become beggars again at that moment because there's nothing you got that can keep you from death. So at some point we all recognize, oh, wow, I do need God, no matter who you are. Those who are hungry for God will be filled. What is God saying? He's saying find peace in God that he will satisfy your desires. 
There's a true story by the lady named Mary Ann Bird. Mary Ann is older now. She's from a previous generation to me. But when she was a little girl, when she was in school, she had a hard time. She was made fun of a lot. Mary had a cleft palate. And when Mary was growing up, they didn't have the, the plastic surgery, the technology we have today to fix those things. So she just had to go through school with a little zaggedy line from her nose to her lip, with her lip raised and it didn't look appropriate, it didn't look pretty in her mind. Her nose was crooked. And you know how kids can be. The, the little girls didn't want to hang out with her. The boys snickered and made fun of her. And kids can be so cruel. So Mary just thought, something's wrong with me. I'm, I'm ugly. I'm, I'm, I'm misshaped. I shouldn't look like this. So she didn't obviously feel good about herself. Well, all that changed when she was in second grade. Because in second grade, she had Mrs. Leonard as her teacher. Mrs. Leonard is one of these teachers that we all wish and pray we had. Maybe you did have someone like this. Mrs. Leonard loved every kid uniquely. And she took the time for each child to really pour into them and just give not only her instruction, but her love at the same time. Well, they would do something every year uh, that was a hearing test. Now, when I was a little kid, the hearing test was they would take you out of the room, put headphones on, and they'd say, when you hear a beep in one of your ears, lift your hand, whichever side it is, you know, that whole thing. And so, but before they had that technology, they did what was called the whisper test. Maybe you remember the whisper test as a child. If you're a little older, then maybe that's how they did it. They'd bring a child up to the front, and they would, they would just go through the roll call, and every year they did this little hearing test. They'd bring you up front, and the teacher would lean over and whisper something into the child's right ear, and then they would say it out loud, and go, yep, that's what I said. And they'd whisper another secret into the left ear, and the child would say it out loud, and they'd go, okay, good. That means you could hear both your ears. That's great. And then the other next child would come up, and they would just person by person. Mary didn't want to get up there. She didn't want to be in front of anybody, because when she was in front of people is when she heard the snickers. It was when she heard people making fun of her, and She'd be embarrassed and didn't feel pretty, didn't feel wanted. But all that changed the day she stood in front of the class. And Mrs. Leonard went to whisper the whisper test in her ear. And Mrs. Leonard whispered, and she said, you got to say it out loud, whatever I say. She said, okay. And she said, I wish you were my little girl. What I say, Mary? You said, you wish... I was your little girl. That's right. That's what I said. I want to tell you something. God knows where you feel ugly. He knows where we feel unacceptable, dirty, less than. And God says to you anyways, I wish you were my little boy. I wish you were my little girl. Because I am crazy in love with you. Would you bow your head with me? Every head bowed. And we just take a moment to pray. Would you let God's love flow over you right now? He is crazy about you, just like you are. You don't need to lose weight. You don't need an operation. You don't need to fix this or that. He loves you just like you are because he made you and you are his child. With every head bowed and the eye closed, maybe your prayer today is to say, Pastor, I can be honest with you, I have a hard time receiving this. Then I would say back to you, and I mean this lovingly, you need to shut up and listen. And your response at the end should be, thank you. 
I receive it. Receive what God says about you because you are amazing to him. He's crazy about you and he's got great, favored, highly favored plans for you. Just receive that right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never given your life to Christ, the story of Christmas is that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and for mine so you could pay the price for all that we've done wrong. He received all that, takes all that on the cross, and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can receive Christ right now by praying a very simple prayer. We're gonna pray it across all of our campuses, those online, pray this with us now. You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around, just lift your hand high right now if you just gave your life to Christ. Just hold your hand high. Thank you. I see your hands all the way in the back. Thank you. All the way in the back. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Hold them up. Thank you. All the way in the back. Thank you. All the way in the front right here, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, young man. I see your hand. Hold your hands up. Thank you. Hold those hands high. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Right here. Thank you. Praise God. We see you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold that hand high. Praise God. We see you. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Praise God. Praise God. Hold that hand high. Thank you. Praise God. You just gave your life to Jesus. Thank you. All across our churches, we praise God for you. Those who just gave life to Christ. If you're online with us right now, you can let us know in the text chat. Just text my hands raised or click hand raised right now. We thank God for the decision. If you're in our prison ministry, it takes a little longer, but you can write us a letter. We'll write you back. Just write us a letter. Let us know if you gave your life to Christ. Just say, my hand was raised at that moment. I gave my life to Jesus. We praise God for you as well. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, God, that you love us. You are in love with us. And that gives us amazing value because of whose we are. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. You renew us. You forgive us. And you kiss us with your mercy. Thank you for that, God. May we receive and be filled with Christmas favor today because you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Pastor?